Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. All right. Yeah, it's been a little bit, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm fired up. It's like, it's like Super Bowl Sunday for me, man, getting up here. Um, well, my name is Pastor Brantley. I'm the executive pastor here at Momentum Church, and um, we've been in this series called I Feel, and uh, today, look, I'm going to be honest, I, I asked to preach this sermon because sometimes you need to preach to yourself, um, and I'm going to just be 100% honest with you. I'm preaching to myself today. I'm going to give a dang good message because I want to listen to this again. Um, and uh, so today we're covering the topic of I feel empty or I feel tired. Um, anybody feel empty or tired in here? It's okay. It's a safe place. All right, good, good. I think by the time we're done, more of y'all are going to be honest with me. Um, but it's funny, right? Because sometimes you feel like you've run out of gas and yet you find the right motivation. And then all of a sudden you can manage to keep going. You ever experienced that? I experienced that. About 10 years ago, my uh, oldest son, he, he was three at the time, we went to an air show. And um, at this air show, they always have different military folks around setting up their booths and whatnot. And the Marines were there that day and they had a, they had a pull-up competition going on. And so I walk up and I see that uh, the current record, the, the day's record is 19. And I love doing pull-ups. Um, I, I love it too much and I hurt my elbow recently because I was I was just doing them too often, too many times. It, it was just too much. And uh, so in the name of Jesus, though, it's getting better. I'm going to be back to pull-ups in no time. Um, but th this day, it w 19 was the record. And I was like, ah, I think I might be able to beat that. And so I get up there, and I start busting out pull-ups. And I get, to, I get to 19, and I'm like, I might die. Uh, but I'm going to keep going because I got to beat whoever this person's record is. And so I make it to 20 and I'm like, I got to do one more just to show off. And so I get one more and I just barely squeak my, my chin over that bar to make 21 pull-ups. And I get down and I'm like, my three-year-old son has no idea what's going on. I'm like, one day, son, you're going to tell people about this. <laughs> the day your dad set the record for pull-ups. And it wasn't two minutes later, some other guy walks up and he does 23. <laughs> what? Challenge accepted. And like I had, I, okay, so keep in mind, two minutes ago, I had absolutely nothing left in the tank, right? But somehow this guy comes along and I stop at 21 with nothing left. This guy comes along, does 23, and I'm like, hold my beer. No, that's, n <laughs> I didn't say that. We don't endorse drinking. It was a funny remark. Okay, so I get over there, and I'm like, all right, homie, you did 23. Let's see what I can do. I get up there. Two minutes later, I had nothing left in the tank at 21, and I bust out 24. That's right. I set the record, and it stayed that way the rest of the day. Dang it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll take, I'll take the courtesy round of applause. Yeah, I mean, like, so... It's funny, like sometimes you just, you, you figure out like whatever it takes to keep moving, you know? But I'm gonna be honest, this time has been like pfft, hardest time of my life trying to keep up. So I just wanna go through with you for a second what all I'm dealing with, okay? And maybe you'll find that you relate a little bit 
to what all I'm dealing with. All right, so let, let's start out. I want to walk you through my life right now. All right, right now I've got a full-time job as a pastor here. Um, so I, I do uh, a lot of the business operations. I help out running business operations. No, church is not a business, but it has business operations. I get it, whatever. All right, um, I, I do uh, pre-produced videos, all the pre-produced videos. Um, I do a lot of the graphic design stuff. I go around and I manage the team um, and ask people why a whole lot. So I, I, that's kind of my job in a nutshell. Um, and then, all right, so my wife is a stay-at-home mom. Uh, that was a choice that we made, and, and that comes with certain sacrifices. My wife, incredible at being a stay-at-home mom um, and a homeschool mom. You know, she does everything. Uh, she's absolutely incredible, right? But that comes with challenges, right? We don't have two incomes, okay? So that means that um, we made that decision. It was a choice that we made, but that means that I, I get a second job. Now, thankfully, the Lord has blessed me with giftings that I've turned into skill uh, in videography, and so I run a video production company on the side, um, and so I have that side job that requires time of me. I'm also finishing my master's. Uh, this is my last semester in my master's. Uh, and for, yeah, woo woo. Um, but that also presents some challenges, okay? Because, so uh, according to the university, they schedule classes and workload based off of anticipating that you will spend 17 hours a week per class. All right, so I've got my regular master's classes that I'm doing, but I also, since it's my last semester, I also have my directed project on top of that. All right. Then on top of that, I'm coaching both of my boys in baseball. And some of you would be like, well, do you really have to coach them? Here's the thing. My kids are never going to be 13 and 9 again. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to look back five years from now and say, hey, you want me to coach you at 9U now? It doesn't work like that. I don't have that opportunity. Right? So I'm coaching both of my boys. Um, i got to be able to navigate uh, that schedule. Uh, let's see. And... Uh, then on top of that, I got to be a regular dad, um, I, you know, because they want to play games with dad and whatnot. Um, I also have to be a good husband. I got to take care of my house um, as, you know, different things break and whatnot. Um, and now the, the kicker to all of this is that, um, so my wife, if you saw on Facebook yesterday, I posted, um, my wife has or had, has, had, had something, a virus um, that I guess is in a lot of people, but just lays dormant and uh, rarely reactivates. Well, it reactivated, which, uh, which causes her to not be able to be real mobile right now. Um, that's why she's not here today. Um, and so, man, it's hard to talk about. Um, so now all of the stuff that she's been doing to be an incredible stay-at-home mom, she can't do. And so that means I got to do it. On top of everything else, I'm tired. Can I tell you, on top of that, I also got to maintain my faith in God. You know, it's, it's pretty hard sometimes. I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to just be honest with you. We've been at this for several weeks now, trying to get her recovered, and the Lord is going to do it in Jesus' name. I know it. He's going to do it in Jesus' name. But it's hard sometimes whenever I pray for people and I see instantaneous healing happen for them. They're able to walk out of this place in less pain than when they came in. We're able to call people on the phone and watch them get out of hospital beds and stuff like that. And then I pray for my wife and it doesn't happen like that. I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. And for you, man, it may look, 
It may look different, right? Your, your struggles, your, your, your tired is not my tired. And, you know, the, the, the tendency that we can have as Christians is to deify whoever you're reading about or whoever you're listening to and say, well, I could never do that. I, I know that I did that for a long time. I could never do what they're doing and still maintain my faith. Like, I, I couldn't be like Paul. Paul got, man, he got shipwrecked. He got stoned. He, he all kinds of things. And not, not that kind of stoned. Like, like, he got beaten to death, like almost to death, Right? Um, you know, and man, and, and yet he got back up and went back into the same city that stoned him, you know, like, and we think, God, I could never do that. Well, look, it, look every, everybody's journey is different, but it doesn't mean that you're not feeling empty and tired. Just because it's not my story doesn't mean that it's not yours. And I, I, tell you, I tell you that story not so that you can compare yours to mine. That's not it. I just want you to understand that you got pastors in here that sometimes you feel like you could deify. And it may not be here. It may be uh, at some other church that you go to or something like that. And I need you to understand, we are humans just like you. We go through sadness. We go through chaos. We go through tragedy. Life is hard. Life sucks sometimes. And for you, it may look different, right? For you, the reason why you're empty may be because you've got parents that now you have to take care of. You know, you got kids that need your help. You got a house that has to get taken care of. You're managing stress from potential layoffs at work. You're managing stress from all the debt that's just hanging over your head. And all of that has kind of combined, and now that's introduced tension into your marriage. And now you're having to manage your own emotions and your spouse's emotions. And you know your kids are feeling it, so you've got to try to protect them too. All of that has led to, to where now you're, you're drinking more, you're smoking more, you're watching porn, you're maybe popping a few extra pills that you know that you really don't even need, but you're doing it all just so that you can find a little bit of relief during this time. And then you got a pastor standing up on stage telling you, you got to spend more time with God. And you're like, bro, like I, I didn't have time for God before all of this started. How am I supposed to keep up now? And that makes you feel guilty. And, and you're looking at all of these different things just piling up on your life. And you're like, I, I know that I feel guilt when I'm around God right now or, or, or feeling like I need to be with God. I feel that shame, that guilt that I'm not doing it. But at the same time, you know, if you need nothing else, you need a supernatural God to step in. So how does it work? That's what I want to be able to help you with today. And I want to be able to help me with it. Let's go to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. We're going to take a look at this, at this passage of scripture. And, and kind of break apart this story. Can I get Joshua up on the screen for me, please? Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal saying, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us for war. They're planning on killing the Gibeonites. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. Hang out right there for me on that passage. Look at this. 
This is an important message. Whenever you read through uh, the Old Testament, especially, and you're seeing where people are talking about their enemies, right? They had very physical enemies that were trying to kill them. But I need you to understand something in the supernatural world. As we kind of flash forward, especially here in America, we don't have many people trying to kill us, right? But what we do have is we have a very real spiritual enemy that is set on your destruction. He has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy your life. And you are set against him. And I want you to read this passage and understand that the Lord has a very real message for you today. And he says, in the name of Jesus, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. If you agree with that, I want you to say amen. amen. Let's go to the next, next uh, slide. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them before Israel, and he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Haran and struck them as far as Azekah and Makeda. I probably said those wrong, but you got it. Leave that up there for me. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night. All right. Anybody stayed up all night? If you're over the, the age of like 30, you probably stayed up all night in a long time. Unless you're working overnight, like some people that I know. All right. Here's the thing, right? If you've been up all day and then you're up all night, right? That is painful. It's painful to make it through that. I remember my honeymoon. Um, pfft, no, not like that. Well done. I'll think through that one next time I say that. All right. <laughs> hard to recover after that. We had a terrible honeymoon. Let me, let me start out by saying that. We had a terrible honeymoon. We need a honeymoon redo, okay? We do. We went up uh, to Tennessee, up into Gatlinburg, up in the Smoky Mountains. Well, you know, I know that the Smoky Mountains, partially, they have their name because of, like, all the steam that rises or, you know, the fog and stuff and whatnot. But what I didn't know uh, that I learned from the locals while we were there is that all the smog and stuff from the west comes over and gets actually trapped in those mountains. And so if you're not used to that area, it's actually pretty hard for you to breathe sometimes or for some people. Well, apparently, we were some of those people that it was really hard for us to breathe in. And... Um, so I, we end up like we're coughing our heads off and stuff. We can't get any sleep. And so we're up most of one night coughing and we're up all day the next day. And then it's nine o'clock at night. We've now been up for 24 hours at least. Um, and uh, I tell my wife, I'm like, look, I know we've got a couple more days that we're supposed to be at this cabin. But I'll pack everything up right now. She's not doing well. I'll pack everything up right now, and we'll go home. I, I, it's like a three-and-a-half-hour drive from where we were. We'll go home right now. I can make it happen. She's like, no, no, no. I don't want to ruin this. We're going to be okay. You know, we'll make it through or whatever. Midnight. She's like, we need to go home. <laughs> I'm like, we could be almost home by now. But like a good new husband, I said, yes, ma'am, I will pack everything up now that it's midnight. 
and clean up the cabin because, you know, it's an Airbnb. You got to do some cleanup, right? So we clean up the cabin and I get us all packed up. We start driving home. Y'all, we didn't get on the road till 1, 1 a.m. And we've been up over 24 hours sick. And now we're trying to drive home. It was the scariest drive of my life. I'm falling asleep at the wheel, swerving, trying to shake myself awake and all of this. We end up making it home, obviously, but y'all, it was terrible. And I think about that night, and then I think about these guys, right? And, and they're not marching all night so that they can go rest somewhere, right? They're marching all night. They've been up for over 24 hours at this point. They're marching all night with the understanding we're not going to rest. We're going to fight a war. As soon as we get there, I know that we're tired. I know we've been up all night, but now we have to be ready to go fight. And y'all, as you're empty and tired, I need you to understand something, that it is crucial in this moment, whenever you find that you are empty and tired, I need you to understand a few different things. Number one, you gotta march all the way through the night. If you want to see the Lord do something incredible in your life, you got to keep marching. You cannot give up. You got to be willing to march all night. And, and sometimes that's easier said than done, right? It's a mental battle. It really is. It's a, it's a mental battle. And, and here's what I, I want to be able to um, make sure that I'm clear on, right? There's, there's two big pieces to this. There's the physical side and the spiritual side. Right? A lot of times where people go wrong is they assume it's just behavior modification. How do I get through? I need to listen to more motivational speeches. Right? How do I get through? I need to just change my mindset. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, that's part of it. That is part of it. But there's also a spiritual side. Okay? And, and then you got the other people who swing the pendulum the complete opposite direction. And they're like, it's all God. I'm just going to sit back and hope that God does something. Well, look, that's not scriptural. It's not biblical. Anytime that you see God move in scripture, he always expects something out of his people first. So if you're living in this state where you're just sitting on your hands saying, God, please show up, I'm not doing anything else, you're going to be waiting a long time because the Lord says, you got to do something too. From the time of creation, it was a partnership. It was a partnership. God said, look, I'm going to be God. I'm going to be the CEO of this whole universe, but I need you to be the COO. You're, you're the director of operations here, but I'm over you as well. So at any point, I can step in, but you still have a job to do. For you in this moment, you feel like you're suicidal at this point. For you at this moment, you need to go home and clear whatever that temptation is out of your house. You got guns, I want you to get them out of your house if you're suicidal. You got pills, I want you to get them out of your house if you're suicidal. All right, I, I need you to hear that. That's step number one, okay? And if you, if you are required to have some of those pills in your house for whatever medical reason, you need to have someone managing that with you, okay? That's your very real practical step. I know it's hard. It's a whole lot easier said than done. But what you have to be willing to do is say, God has given me a task to march through the night. I'm not giving up. I'm not gonna quit. Therefore, I'm going to just take it one day at a time, one step at a time, just one step in front of the other, because that's all that you can do. If you start worrying about the battle that's, that's coming up ahead, you're going you're gonna to 
you're going to set yourself down. You're going to set yourself back, okay? You can't worry about the big battle that's coming tomorrow. What you have to focus on first is, I got to make it through the night. I just got to make it through the night. And I'm telling you, some of the craziest stuff happens at night with your brain, right? You man, whenever you're tired, your brain does some crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy. If you're tired enough, you'll hallucinate, right? I just got to make it through the night, one step at a time. Second component to this, okay? So I, I, got, I got three pieces for you. We got two, two big pieces, but I want to break the physical into two small pieces, okay? The second small physical piece you got to have people marching beside you. you got to have people marching beside you. Because y'all are going to encourage each other as you walk. Doesn't have to be somebody that's tired, right? Man, I'll tell you, dealing with everything that we've been dealing with with my wife, man, I, I thank God for all of my family that has helped, all of my friends that have helped. Um, like, there's so many different aspects to trying to keep moving forward and marching through the night that I don't know how I could have possibly accomplished if it wasn't for people that I knew were actively praying for me, knew were actively reading scripture and sending me scripture, that, that, that I knew were coming over to help uh, watch out for my wife, that were taking my kids, that were helping send cleaning services and whatever else that's going on. I, I, I don't know how I would make it right now if it wasn't for the people that chose and are choosing to walk beside me right now. I need that in my life. And I, I make a commitment to every single person. If you're watching online and you've been a help to me and my family, if you're in here and you've been a help to me and my family, you continue to march beside me. I need it. And I promise you, I will continue to march all flipping night. I will continue to march. Why? Because that's what's on me. It's what's on me to do. Now the Lord said, do not fear them. You will destroy them. All right? The bigger component that we absolutely have to have is we've got to have a God in our back pocket with all the resources of heaven at his will, at his, at, at his discretion to send on our behalf. We've got to have it. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, you're missing out. Because all the behavior modification in the world is not going to carry you through and sustain you when you absolutely have nothing left. All the people marching beside you will not carry you through all the way to see victory. They might be able to carry you through the night, but they're not going to be able to carry you through the victory that you need. You need a very real, supernatural God that's going to step in. Praise God for all of you that have been praying for my wife. I got a message from her right before I stepped up on stage. They said, I'm not as tired as I was yesterday. Praise God for that. And in Jesus' name, strength is going to return to her. We're not going to suffer through this forever. And I need you to understand something. There was a, there was a passage of scripture that um, really was impactful to my life for a different reason. I used to have an addiction. And as I was going through um, some deliverance counseling, uh, the, the, the guy said, look, I, I need you to go home. I need you to find a few verses um, that really the Lord just allows to kind of jump out at you. 
that you can hang on to. And I've held on to this, this uh, verse um, for several years now, um, and it's spoken to me throughout the years in different ways, um, but I never really um, thought about it quite like this. Can we go ahead and put up Psalm uh, 94? It says, but the Lord has been my stronghold and my God, the rock of my refuge. Now, what struck me about this was I had always felt like, you know, a stronghold was um, this, this bad thing in your life, right? We, whenever, if you've been in church for a long time, right, you hear people talking about get rid of strongholds, breaking down strongholds, all of that, right? This was the first time that I had really ever seen that, that a stronghold could be a good thing. And I started praying on that. And I was like, God, what does it look like for you to be my stronghold? Man, it's this, the best way that I can describe it, it's this castle, right? And, and at least in medieval times, right, if you ran into the stronghold, right, you didn't just get the king. Praise God, we got the king of kings on our side. But in an instant, I realized, ah, I don't just get to run behind walls as a shield, right? That's a very good thing. And we need that kind of level of stronghold and shield in our lives. I don't get just the walls of protection, but in Jesus' name, because I have been grafted in, because I have accepted Jesus as the Son of God, I am now welcomed as a child of the King of Kings. And whenever I run into the stronghold where my King of Kings lives, I don't just get the walls of protection, I get the whole flipping military that gets to be sent out on my behalf. And that's scriptural, it's biblical, and I want to show it to you right now. Let's go to Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions And under his wings, you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Next slide. Of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. Now watch this. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. You don't just get the walls of protection of the Lord Almighty. You get the host of angel armies. You get the king of kings and every single one of his angels that he dispatched. It's not just to protect you and keep the enemy out, but then he says the Lord is going to go and fight for you on your behalf. (sighs) But I'm empty and tired. That's why you got to rest in his promises. 
You got to know the truth. As my friend, Pastor Amy, told me, sometimes whenever your feelings get in the way, you've got to just lean back on what you know is true. That's the word of God. And can I tell you, sometimes we don't have those answers. The answers that we ultimately want, that we think are going to bring about peace, sometimes we don't have them as Christ followers. But can I tell you that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? I still don't believe that the Lord brought any kind of sickness onto my wife. I don't believe it, not at all. However, can the Lord use this to bring about good for those who who trust in him? Absolutely. Do I understand why this is here? Why she has not been delivered from this? No, I don't understand it. But there are deeper spiritual truths that we cannot possibly comprehend unless we're sitting in the middle of that spiritual world. And I believe that at some point, the Lord is going to answer my call. At some point, something is going to break. I know that whenever Joshua and his troops marched around Jericho, they didn't understand why do we have to do it seven times? The first day, the second day, the third day, God, when are these walls going to fall down? I know that your word says that you're going to be faithful to take the walls down. I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. I'm sure somebody had to be thinking that. But in the name of Jesus, at the seventh day, the seventh time around that day, they blew the trumpets and I am going to blow the trumpet of victory and watch those walls come down. I'm going to run into the refuge of my God and watch him dispatch angel armies. And we are going to watch the fall of the wicked as they fall beside me in Jesus' name. You're going to watch it too. You're going to be a part of that story in Jesus' name. We're going to be a part of your story. I know you feel empty and tired. I know some of you do. Some of you online, you feel empty and tired. You feel like you got nothing left. But I'm going to tell you, keep walking, keep marching all through the night. So look, if, if, you're, if you're feeling empty and tired like your faith is weak this morning, I, I want you to know I understand. And I want to talk to you and me for a second. I want to talk to you and me for a second. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. No weapon, no weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper in this time. The Lord has trained your hands for war in the spirit realm. So you rise up. And through the blood of Jesus, you will have victory in this time. In Jesus' name. The Lord has not abandoned you. He will not abandon you. He hears the prayers of the righteous. And he uses his people to partner with to bring about deliverance. So you better keep marching. You better stay strong. You better be faithful. You better keep praying. Even when you don't have the answers, I release the Spirit of God inside of you to strengthen you, to bring courage to you. Now is not the time to quit. Now is the time to fight back.
Now is the time to fear not. Be faithful. Be filled in Jesus' name. And we just got to lean into the Lord and trust in his word. He says that if we march all through the night, then the morning, in the morning, when morning comes, our God is going to fight for us. We just got to make it through the night. I want us to stand. And here's the invitation today. If you're empty and tired while all of us are standing, if you're feeling empty or tired, I want you to come up front. I want you to come up front right now. Don't wait. Just start making your way up front. And here's what I want you to do. If you are capable of sitting on the ground, I want you to just sit on the ground. If you're not, we got this whole row free. Sit on a chair. Yep. Just sit. Just sit. The Lord wants to bring you rest. He wants to bring you peace. It's part of God's promise for you. It's part of God's promise for you. He's going to bring you healing. He's going to bring you deliverance. The Lord is going to fight for you. He's going to send his angels. He's going to give them charge concerning you in Jesus' name. The people that are standing up around you and they say, I'm not empty or tired right now. They're going to march beside you in Jesus' name. If you know somebody up here that's empty or tired, you're going to reach out to them. You're going to pray for them this week. You're going to send them scripture this week. You're going to look for a need that you can fulfill this week because you're going to march beside them. And then you're going to enter into their story. And you're going to watch as God delivers them, as God brings about healing, as God restores their faith, as God restores your faith. You're going to watch it all happen. You're going to watch as the enemy falls beside you. In Jesus' name. And I just want us to take some time to rest in the presence of the Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that the Lord would refill you and renew your strength this morning. Renew your strength, Holy Spirit. Fall on us, God. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fall on me, fall on my wife at home right now in Jesus' name. Restore our strength, God. Bring, bring complete restoration, God. Bring shalom. Not a shalom that is just generic peace, God. Your word says that Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Not peace that the world has, but a peace that's straight from God that brings about completeness and wholeness. Lord, I dispatch that to these people, Lord. I release it in Jesus' name. Help us to receive it, God. Help us to clear away all the enemies. In Jesus' name, we rebuke the enemy. We stand against any assignment that has been dispatched against us, Lord. We curse it to the root in Jesus' name. We are covered by the blood of Jesus right now. Lord, the assignments of the enemy cannot stand in your presence, Lord. We ask for your presence right now, Lord. Allow us to, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in this place, Lord. We love you, Lord, and help us to rest right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's just rest right now. Just rest. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. 
For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.